everybody. Welcome back to the Cottonwood Canyons podcast. I hope you're coming back. I, I hope you're not just jumping in here on episode nine. Uh, if you are, welcome to the podcast. We have a wealth of information in episodes one through seven. So make sure you jump back on there and uh, and check those out. So I'm Matt Allred. I am UDOT's internal communications manager. And as always, I couldn't do this without her. In fact, Lisa, it's just really hard to live without you at this point. You've been a sidekick for so long on this. Uh, Lisa Miller from our traffic management division. How are you, Lisa? Hi, Matt. I'm great. I'm, I'm thinking we need matching t-shirts or something. We do. Yeah. Um, we do need matching t-shirts and we could just go on the road with this thing too, if you're, if you're willing. Let's do it. I'm game. <laughs> we'll do it. Um, so welcome back, everybody. Lisa, if there is a hot button topic or item that we heard a lot about uh, this this last season uh, that wasn't the EIS, right, because we heard a lot about that, uh, it was the Hawk pedestrian signal in Big Cottonwood Canyon. And I'm sure you heard a lot about that. Absolutely. Now, I was going to say traction law because that was one of our previous episodes, but we heard a lot about this hawk signal. Yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people know what a hawk signal is. And so we're going to jump into that like really, really quickly. Uh, well, it's one of the first couple questions we have to ask, but we've brought in Andrea Guevara from Region 2. She's a signal engineer and Andrea's going to help us break down the technical side of things. So Andrea, glad you're with us. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're glad you're here too. And we're going we're gonna to put the fire under you just a little bit here. We do this to everybody that's new that comes on the podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and really what you do for Utah. All right. Well, I am a Utah native. Been here my whole life. Um, I've been at UDOT for almost three years now and working in the area of traffic signals for a total of seven years. Um, so my current role at UDOT is the Region 2 Traffic Signal Engineer, which means that I oversee the life of all the traffic signals in um, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Summit Counties, which, so we, from the point that someone complains and, and wants a signal in a location, we do a study, and I oversee that and how they're designed and constructed and then maintained. So it's good stuff. Um and then kind of that same, for this particular Hawk signal in Big Cottonwood Canyon, I got involved from the traffic study that studied how many pedestrians were crossing. Well, good to meet you, Andrea, and thanks for being here. As Matt said, we're going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. Let's just jump right in. Let's break it down for us and for those that are listening. What does Hawk stand for and how does this signal work? So HAWK is not a true acronym. It means high intensity activated crosswalk. The W and K come from crosswalk. It was first tried out in Tucson, Arizona in the year 2000. And since then, FHWA has put it in the MUTCD um, for all the states to use. And in that manual, it's referred to as a pedestrian hybrid beacon. There's been a, a recent push at UDOT to call it by that official name, but we can keep calling it HAWK so that we're all on the same page here. Um, the, the traffic signals are basically three beacons clumped together. There's two red lights on the top and, and then a yellow one below it. And when a pedestrian pushes a button, it activates the, the yellow light indicating vehicles need to slow down and stop. And then the two red lights come on. After a certain period of time, those two red lights will start flashing 
a sign on the signal says that when that happens, if there isn't a pedestrian on your half of the, the crosswalk, you can proceed as a driver. So it, it's a benefit because you don't have to stop the whole time that the red light is on. Thanks, Andrea. That's great info. And for those that are traffic nerds like me, if you Google pedestrian hybrid beacon, you can get a really good description and some images there. Hi, Sean. Sean Lambert's with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome back. And Sean's with our region too. Sean, is this type of technology used in other areas? Um, yeah, this, this application's been used throughout our region. Um, and the state. So our, our region consists of Salt Lake, Tooele, and Summit counties. And currently there's 12 hawks operating in those areas. Um, there's actually four more planned. Um, and statewide, there's uh, 73 total installations. So there's, there's quite a few throughout the state. Um, and then nationwide, this uh, technology has also been adopted. So there's several throughout the nation. So um, they've been used because they've been found to be associated with the significant reduction in vehicle pedestrian conflicts, which is what we're looking for. Um, it should be noted though, if, if like any other traffic warning device, if a hawk is overused, then it becomes less effective. Sean, are these the ones we see in downtown Salt Lake City for those that have driven around downtown Salt Lake City and there's the mid block crosswalks? Are these, are those good examples of hawk crosswalks? Yeah, that is that is what you'd see. So yeah, a lot of the cities have installed those as well as the state, but you do see these downtown, yes. Andrea, can you talk to us about the benefits of using a system like this instead of just having a, a plain old crosswalk? Yeah, sure. So first you need to understand that putting in a crosswalk in some situations is not necessarily a safety enhancement. There have been several studies that... Um, when you put a crosswalk in a location that has high speeds, so greater than 40 miles an hour, um, looking at the speed limit, and multiple lanes of traffic in each direction, and a high amount of traffic, then there's actually a, a safety decrease. There's more pedestrian crashes than if there is no crosswalk, um, which is kind of counterintuitive. But in, in a location like this that has a high speed limit of 45 miles an hour, we wouldn't want to put just a crosswalk. And it's actually not recommended per UDOT's marked pedestrian crosswalk policy to do that. So now that we've established that just putting in a crosswalk would not be the best situation here, um, we can talk about the hawk specifically. It has shown to have really high yielding percentages. So drivers 95% of the time will stop for pedestrians, whereas at a crosswalk, that percentage is much lower if it doesn't have an additional enhancement. And since we're in a, a mountain setting that in the wintertime has slippery conditions, we really wanted to drive home the point that drivers need to stop for pedestrians. With the red light, it's easier to enforce um, rather than a yellow light, which is just a yield situation. So the prime objective of the Hawk is to provide pedestrians with safe crossing opportunities. So, Sean, just so everybody can kind of picture where this is, uh, Big Cottonwood Canyon, this is right at Cardiff Fork, right? Correct. So there's the Mill D Trailhead and the entry to Donut Falls. It's in that area. There's a pretty parking area. Yeah, it's, and that's, it, it's a busy area right there. Um, I guess why and how did we 
I'm, well, UDOT, I'm going to say it wasn't you and me that made this decision, but uh, how did UDOT come to the decision of installing the Hawk there at Cardiff Fort? Um, had there been a, a history of vehicle and pedestrian crashes or what, what was going on there? Yeah, so th- there was a lot of, uh, of, of studying that went on in, uh, before this Hawk was installed. So pedestrian safety is a top priority for UDOT. Um, and this is a very busy road, as anyone who goes up and down Big Cottonwood Canyon knows. And this specific area has a lot of pedestrian activity. Um, additionally, kind of uh, also what Andrea talked about, the speeds through this section are pretty high. Um, and there have been a lot of close calls. Um, so UDOT uh, needed to provide an opportunity for safe pedestrian crossing. So there was a pedestrian crosswalk study uh, done in August of 2018. Um, this included data, data collection, a site visit, um, and analysis that was done uh, to see if it warranted a marked crosswalk or the Hawk or pedestrian hybrid beacon crossing signal. I still like Hawk too, Matt, uh, or any other improvements. So uh, it evaluated the current conditions, um, and since 2018, we've only seen you know the numbers increase. Uh, but based on the number of pedestrians uh, crossing in this area the traffic volumes, the available gaps, so making sure that there's enough space for people to cross in, um, and crash history, uh, it was determined that something was warranted. So um, the results of the analysis indicated that there was a marked crosswalk that that needed to be installed. And due to the speed limit um, through this section, uh, it was recommended that a hawk was installed. Um, So this created a big benefit for the pedestrians because they now had a designated place to cross. And it does help out the drivers too. Um, they, you know, uh, uh, there's driver expectancy uh, of where the pedestrians will be crossing instead of kind of an open range scenario. Was anything else considered here, like a, an elevated walkway or a bridge or a tunnel? Uh, actually, I think a catapult would have been cool. I mean, if people are going up to recreate, let's give them a little bit more to recreate on. Um, but in all seriousness, like what, was it just the crosswalk or did we consider anything else there? You know, the catapult got shot down really quickly, but, uh, <laughs> but as far as a bridge or tunnel, um, you know, we, we had a lot of, uh, public comments, you know, from, from locals that we needed some sort of safety improvement project. So we worked with the forest service and collaborated with other partners, uh, looking at options that would provide pedestrian safety but have minimal visual impacts to the area. You know, it's it's a very pretty area up there. We don't want to have uh, any major impacts if we can avoid them. So uh, bridges and tunnels have a large visual impact and vastly more expensive than, than putting in a hawk. Um, there was also the consideration taken in where if if a bridge or tunnel was put in, would, would folks use it? You know, because it, would it be too easy just to jaywalk at that point? So... Um, during the planning process, it was determined that Hawk was uh, the most appropriate measure. Um, it it balances the mobility, safety, and the visual impacts, and the the cost is very reasonable. Okay, so no catapult, no catapult, Sean is what I'm hearing. But Andrea, can you maybe talk a little bit about um, congestion? It sounds like the Hawk was a positive action to keep the public safe in this area, but now people blame the hawk for causing congestion. Is it the cause of congestion? For, for this hawk to be the cause of congestion, it would have to produce vehicles, right? Vehicles cause congestion. 
Um, so if you're sitting in traffic, you're the cause. But is the hawk helping? No, it's not. It's not helping the, the flow of traffic because the point of it is to stop vehicles so pedestrians can cross. Um, but I want to remind everyone that there's only one lane up and one lane down the canyon. And when you stop the flow of traffic, it backs up pretty quickly just because of that. Um, there's limited capacity. And when we have everyone trying to go home at once, that's when we see a lot of issues. Um, so I'd say the main the main cause is just everyone that's trying to enjoy the canyon. We, that's great. But we also need to focus on moving everyone, including pedestrians, and not just vehicles safely. So I think, like I said before, the Hawk really strikes a great balance between pedestrian safety and vehicle mobility. That's a really great answer. And I've been a pedestrian at the Hawk, and I sure do like the safety that it provides for me when I'm crossing the street. But, you know, I've been driving up to the ski resorts and to go hiking up there too. So yeah, it's a, it's a good balance for sure. Jake, from what you've seen in the past years compared to this year, are higher visitor numbers impacting use in this area? So one of the, one of the things I was going to uh, say we noticed with the Hawk this year is um, due to a lot of people trying to get outdoors, um, then uh, we noticed a lot of people like uh, uh, snowshoeing, hiking up to Donut Falls, uh, uh, taking pictures in uh, snowflake costumes. But um, we had all these different people up there that were doing other things uh, besides uh, skiing. And all these people were taking pictures, looking at the moose, fishing, you name it. They were doing that up there. And then everybody was leaving at the same time. And so these uh, these people were crossing the highway during high ski traffic. and uh, But they were also trying to enjoy the canyons also. And so that's one of the things that we have to look at is we have to provide safety because if we didn't do that, then these people would be walking in between cars in bad weather and uh, wouldn't provide a safe place for them to stop. They have their kids with them. Um, so... Uh, we noticed a lot of that too. So we wanted to make sure that other people that were enjoying the canyon besides skiers were using the Cardiff area, which uh, allowed the hawk to go off. That's a great point, Jake. And I mean, we talked about skiers. We talked about hikers. We have so many trailheads in big cottonwood, little cottonwood. And we're so lucky to have all of that right in our own backyard. But a lot of folks are heading up to hike at the same time and they head down the canyon to leave at the same time. And we have a lot of merge points for traffic from those trailheads. It's a pretty unique challenge. We need to make sure everybody can get where they're going safely and efficiently. I believe this past year, we saw more vehicles in the canyon than ever before. One day in Big Cotton, we, we saw 6,500 vehicles, which is an extraordinary number. Uh, taking that pedestrian movement out of the equation. So when you add pedestrians in, we really have to make sure everybody's safe. All right, Sean, um, back to you for a second. Uh, we've heard people say that most of the traffic in the canyons is from the resorts. So can we restrict people that aren't at the resorts like sledding or other activities so there won't be as many people trying to cross the road? And Jake just mentioned a few of those activities uh, like dancing in snowflake costumes. <laughs> So can we just do that? Let's just do that, right? Skiers will be happy. Let's just restrict the use just to that. 
Yeah, in this area, you're right. There's just a ton of different activities happening all at the same time. Um, UDOT doesn't determine which types of recreational activities are permitted in the canyons. Uh, that's determined by the Forest Service. Uh, our responsibility is to keep the road open and safe for all users, and including uh, pedestrians and vehicles. So those decisions uh, of who can recreate is, is beyond our scope. Um, you're right. As, as far as the, the resorts, that's a huge wintertime draw. Um, the summertime, we actually do see very high numbers, in a lot of cases, higher numbers in the summertime in Big Cottonwood than in the winter. Um, the big difference, though, is in the wintertime, um, you've got these major rush hours, you've got major pe peak periods of, of vehicle traffic, and it's kind of spread out throughout the summer. Well, and I like what Jake just said, too, is that when there's that much traffic on the roads, especially when the weather's bad and people are still trying to cross in between cars and traffic, it just it makes it messy. So this I mean, it really shows, especially in this area, why that why that hawk crossing is necessary. Absolutely. OK, Andrea, we've got a traffic signal engineer here. We're going to ask you a lot of the burning questions. I'm going to ask you three questions all in a row. Um, can the timing of the signal be adjusted? Question one. What about for rush hour or times in the winter when there's a lot of traffic? Question two. And finally, do you anticipate the signal will create any kind of traffic issues in the summer? Okay, these are all great questions. Um, I failed to mention earlier that when we were getting a lot of complaints in January that we did make some adjustments to the, the programming of the signal. Um, but there are some limitations. And one of them is that the, the crossing time for pedestrians can't be monkeyed around with too much because it's determined based on the crossing length and the assumed walking speed of a pedestrian of four feet per second. So we can't really change that time. So then we look at um, the time between pedestrian actuations. And that we did lengthen. Um, but we also got lots of requests to make pedestrians wait five minutes, 10 minutes. And the truth is they won't, right? So if, if we force them to do that, they're just gonna walk across the street. They'll push the button. Someone will either yield to them or there'll be a gap and they'll walk across the street and then the hawk will activate and no one's there. So how frustrating is that? <laughs> um, now your question about rush hour traffic or times in the, the summer, um, yeah, so those limitations exist no matter the time of year and the, the hour of the day. So I think we have it pretty good, but of course we're going to keep an eye on it. We have the CCTV camera right there, so we can keep an eye on it in the summertime and this coming winter. But like Sean mentioned, we don't have the same peaks in the summer that we do in the wintertime. So I don't think that we're going to see the same backups, but I get, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. So either way. Now, our, our traffic operations center has a camera in that area, so we can certainly keep an eye on it, like you said. Jake, there's no doubt that it's safer for pedestrians having the hawk in the canyon, but what about for drivers? Is it safe during inclement weather to have vehicles essentially at a stop and go on a snowy mountain road? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, a lot of the things that we saw with the hawk this year is we had a lot of less accidents in Lower Canyon. Um, the reason why is because people were kind of uh, not bumper to bumper. 
uh, going down through the, the worst part of Big Cottonwood Canyon, the steeper part. And so we saw a lot less accidents down below. And uh, it seemed to kind of meter the traffic. Um, so people kept their distance from each other. And we were able to, I, I, I felt like the lower canyon was safer where we'd have a lot of accidents and uh, traffic would be stuck for hours. Um, so we, we didn't see a lot of that. Um, people are going slow in inclement weather anyway. And I know they think uh, um, when you see, you know, traffic's bumper to bumper and, and everything's backed up and you have a clear line inside of the Hawk, you think the Hawk is the one that's just stopping everybody. And the problem is, is traffic proceeded all the way down. Um, it's not uncommon to uh, leave, uh, drive all the way uh, from the bottom of the canyon all the way to the top on rush hour and see a car in every square inch of the road all the way up to the Brighton and around the Brighton Circle. So like Andrea said, uh, uh, there's a lot of traffic uh, that goes on the road. And uh, um, I haven't uh, seen it cause any problems uh, of that nature. Um, people just have to know how the hawk works and understand that once people cross to the intersection and, it, and, it, and it's flashing red, that they can proceed as long as it's clear. And uh, they can do that. So... Uh, I haven't seen a real big uh, problem with that. Well, that's good to know, Jake. And I, I've been hanging around with engineers throughout my career for too long. And I kind of almost consider myself an honorary engineer because of all the stuff you all have taught me over the years. But there's so much really interesting engineering logic that goes into all of the decisions that are made out there. And um, that's one of the reasons why we've got this podcast rolling. Um, and the hawk seems to be functioning properly and fulfilling its purpose, purpose to keep pedestrians safe. Matt, what do you think? You know, I, I, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And, and one thing that I didn't consider is what Jake just said, too. It kind of meters that traffic that's going down, down the canyon. I, th I think that's a, a great side effect that maybe they weren't thinking of. So, you know, and we ask, it doesn't matter if it's winter or summer, we need people to be responsible on the roads and drive safely and watch your speeds. And the, Big Cottonwood's a steep canyon. Uh, and the last thing, the absolute last thing we want in that canyon is for there to be a crash and for people to get hurt. And so, uh, as always, you know, increase your stopping distance. If weather's getting worse, you know, keep keep that stopping distance there and, and just drive for those conditions. But um, I think what, what I've learned today is that the Hawk works, uh, that catapults would not, <laughs> right? Um, and I think that we're going to keep looking at the efficiency of whether or not this is working. Uh, Andrea said we're watching it with our cameras. We're going to adjust signal timing if we need to. Uh, we're just going to keep making improvements because we want people to be able to get up and down those canyons. That's kind of the big thing here. So, uh, but just for everybody, you know, if, you, if you've been in the area and you've been around the canyons and up and down the canyons, if you're there in the winter or the summer, it's busy. Plan ahead. Uh, weekends are going to be the worst, right? Regardless of, of the season. Uh, check our UDOT traffic dashboard. Uh, the, the traffic app is amazing. It'll actually tell you what the, what the canyons look like. You can look at the camera views from there. Uh, and always there's our social, our social media for the Cottonwood Canyon. So just stay on top of that stuff. Know before you go, right, Matt? 
know before you go. And, uh, you know, Lisa, I need to thank you. You for years have been such a strong advocate of our, of our traffic app. I use it all the time, all the time. And if people call me because yes, we work for you dot, but you probably get the same thing. And Sean and Jake, if anybody has an issue that you are close to or the family member or friends and they're stuck in traffic, I get a phone call. Right, they expect me to know what's going on um, in Fillmore, uh, and I don't. But guess what does the traffic app? Yes, <laughs> and you know, I mean, it's a little clunky, it's a little old, but it has a lot of really valuable, good features. I use it for Jake's uh, plows when they're out plowing. You can see their location on there. The traffic cameras that Andrea mentioned are on there. I use Google Maps for uh, the traffic layer pretty much all across the nation. So my family in Wisconsin calls me all the time and asks me what's going on on the roadway, uh, not even in Utah. And, you know, we have a lot of good tools and tips and tricks. So um, there's there's always good resources out there so you can know what you're going to encounter before you hit the road. Yep. Good tips. Well, I wanted to thank Sean and Andrea and Jake um, for being on today. And Jake, you've, you've been a return visitor. Sean's been back a couple times and and you, uh, you're really the experts um, in the field there. And so we appreciate your, your wisdom and your knowledge. And I just want to thank Lisa, as always. You're amazing. Thank you for making me sound way smarter than I actually am. Let's talk about those matching t-shirts sometime soon, Matt. We'll get them. We'll get them. And before we sign off, um, I just want to tell everybody to be safe out there. Please put your phones down and uh, buckle up. We'll see you next time.